Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live, now available in audio-only format. Before we get to the show, just want to remind you that you can catch the Falcoholic Live live on YouTube at 8.10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday nights. And if you're interested, we also have a post-game show that goes live right after the games on Sunday or whatever date happens to be played. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and we hope to see you on YouTube if you're available. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode uh, week three post-game show of the Falcoholic Live. And uh, this was, well, you guys saw the game. I mean, Falcons versus Bears week three. We talked about it being a must-win game heading into the week, and the uh, Falcons obviously did not come away with the W today. In fact... They added to the laughing stock of the 2020 NFL season uh, in very similar fashion to Week 2. If you told me that we were actually just watching a replay of Week 2, I probably would have believed you. Uh, so obviously that's not great, uh, but we have uh, a star-studded cast of guests here today to break down this game in greater detail and talk about where the team is going to go from here. Uh, me personally, I hope it involves significant changes, but... You know, I wouldn't hold your breath on that, if I'm being honest. But uh, let me welcome in the guests this evening. First of all, uh, former Falcons guard Keenan Forney. He's on Twitter at KForney65. Keenan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right, man. <laughs> Just all right. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, yeah that's I'm doing fair. Right. Yeah, if you're doing all right, that's fair. That's about as well as can be expected at this point. So, <laughs> uh, Also with us tonight, Eric Robinson at underscore Eric underscore Robinson on Twitter. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> yeah, Eric is unfazed. He was he he gave up, you know, hope long ago, so he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is the perhaps the most jaded of all of us. And welcome all of you guys uh, to the chat. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, obviously, a rough game. It's it's nice for us to be able to to break it down with you guys afterwards. Uh, despite what we saw and witnessed, it's always fun. Uh, there's literally 340 people, so I can't do a lot of call-outs, so I apologize for that. But if you guys do have questions, if you at the Falcoholic in the chat, that, like, highlights it for me so I know it's a question. Um, so that will help me see your stuff. Okay. So just a heads up there. Okay. So this game uh, started off, you know, pretty solid. Uh, first half, like like week one, the first half's pretty pretty good. The, the Falcons went in, had a lead. You know, week two, same thing. They went into it with a lead. Everything was looking good. The offense was tight. Um, the defense, honestly, this week was fine to start the game. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't amazing, but it was much better than we'd expected. They ha- they held the Bears to 10 points in the first half. Uh, the pa- the coverage was better. The run defense continued to play well. Uh, things were looking up. And then the second half happened. And the third quarter slump actually did not occur. This was a complete fourth quarter meltdown because the Falcons actually put points on the board in the third quarter, extended their lead, looked like they were taking full control of the game, and then four straight three and outs occurred in the fourth quarter. Uh, And, well, 
you guys know the rest. So, Eric, uh, why, why don't you, you know, why don't you take us take us on a journey here through through your thoughts on this game? Uh, just immediate reactions. Oh. <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, you know, I mentioned in last week's show that it's hard to trust this team because they're always the the source of something just idiotic something you've never seen happening in a game yeah you know and i i you know watching this game of course you know i, I was i was tuned in because i had to because i had to provide updates for the second half but at the same time i was just waiting for the time like okay when is that play going to occur when is that moment going to occur where it pops in your head and you think it starts now so right when nick Foles entered the game I pretty much said, yep, the inevitable, inevitable is coming. It is it is near. And literally everything after that, you know, from a, a missed field goal to uh, a, literally having three turnover opportunities in one play and they can't come up with the ball, like literally everything that you didn't expect to occur or you probably never seen before, it occurred with this team. Yeah. You know, like I said, man, you this <laughs> doesn't surprise me. I'm, I'm, and the I, injuries too. It was like they went into this game banged up, and, and it was just like, man, yeah, just, like I mean, they kept piling up, like just more and right. more. Every, it seemed like every drive we lost somebody else. Right. So obviously, right. that's not great. Um, you know, I, I picked them to lose this game by a, a score of thirty-four to twenty-six, which was super close. That is actually really close. Yeah. Um, and I just, again, man, you can't. I, like I told Kevin before the show, I, want, I I know there are fans out there that loves this team and they're passionate. I get it. But I want to help some of those who are like that, okay? You have to let the game go emotionally, especially when things are going like this because you're only going to hurt yourself week after week after week after week. I get you want to have faith in the team. I completely understand. Yes, there's 13 weeks left in the season. Something miraculous could happen. But those odds are pretty damn thin if we're being quite honest there. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying the team is is well, I mean they're bad. Okay. I'm say, I am saying that, yes, but they're, they're bad. Yeah. All right. They're bad. Yeah. Um and it's a number of, of you know things. It's you know, like you mentioned, the injuries, you know, the the play calling in the second half, which literally got stale from the girly test down to the end of the game. Um, you know, the the defense not being able to, you know, make a key play when they need to, yeah. you know, fourth and six and you're rushing three against a guy like Foles who can't run. But, you know, like, who am I? I'm just a guy that sits on the couch and it's, watches the football game. Yeah, it's not like, you know, your pass rush has been probably the most reliable part of your defense exactly. or anything, you know, not exactly. the coverage, not dropping back into coverage. I don't but, know. You know I, yeah. well, I just put together some articles and just let people read it. But, hey, you know, I mean – it's a change needs to occur. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. And shout out to those people that honestly want to sit here and say, oh, the Falcons need to fire Dan Quinn. You guys are new to this. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah. I mean, that is that is my fear as well. Uh, but let's get, uh, yeah, Keenan, I want to give you a chance to get in here as well. Uh, you know, what? just just give us your, your early thoughts here on this game. You know, obviously we're just now processing it, but how, how are you feeling at this point? Man, you know what? When the game first started and I saw all the starters that were missing, 
and then I saw how well we were performing. I was like, okay, you know, we we showing up, we got some balls, you know. And then Nick Foles came in the game, and that second half happened, and man, it just got ugly from there, man. Let's just be honest. Yeah, it was. It just kind of spiraled out of control, and that's kind of been the theme of this team, right? Like, they they haven't been just awful for four straight quarters or anything like that. It's just like something bad happens, and then it kind of spirals out of control. And I worry now, after like these two blown leads back to back, that we're seeing that we're seeing this team like mentally just having a enormous weight put on them. Like, I mean, I maybe you can give us a little bit of some insight into this as an as a player Keenan but like after a blown lead like that to see the same thing happening like that has to weigh on you as a player right yeah after a while you get to you know you might not say it out loud but you can see you know in guys body language that up oh, here we go again hmm. you know that's what get that's what creeps into your mind and then your body language starts to show it it's uh you know right now it's 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 just a uh, I don't know they they keep having these breakdowns in the fourth quarter, which makes them not be able to finish. And it's starting to be a mental thing now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that mental thing is just, man, it's killing them, man. It's rough. It, it's just, uh, yeah. It, it, and it's sad to watch because honestly, the defense, I mean, they definitely put together their best game of the season, despite missing a lot of key starters. They were playing more disciplined. The coverage was tighter. And obviously it was an inferior opponent. This isn't, you know, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott throwing against you. But still, like, they didn't look like they could stop, you know, a wet paper towel before. And, you know, they were actually making plays early in this game. And then it just all fell apart at the end. Um, and by the time, you know, Delrick Abrams had to come in for Darkies Denard at the end, I mean, it almost was it almost didn't even matter. Like, it was the game was just kind of out of hand. And, um you know, we, we've dunked on the defense a lot on the show, and truthfully, the defense has been the problem. But this week, I mean, the offense had so many opportunities to kind of shut this down and, and really, you know, just put the kill shot in it. And they just, they just couldn't. Four straight three and outs in, at the, in the fourth quarter. They had so many. I mean, they didn't even bleed clock. It was just like three passes and we're done. Or one run and two passes and then we're done. And they it's like 15 seconds off the clock. You know, you didn't really do anything with those drives and like as someone who's a a proponent of aggressive play calling there's a time and place where maybe you don't need to be aggressive see super bowl uh you know at the end of the game like there's a time and place where you just maybe it's okay to just run the ball get the yards and bleed the clock like sometimes that's okay yeah there was a couple times we were backed up man we needed to get two first downs because you know we saw the defense was reeling Mm -hmm. and you got to give them a breather you got to at least get two first downs so we can get really good field position, but we didn't. We just kept giving it to him at about the 40, 45, and boom, that wasn't nothing for Nick Foles, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, damn, we had what we wanted with Mitch Trubisky in the game. It was like Nick came in there and was just like, yeah, let me let me go ahead and take over real fast, show y'all why I won the Super Bowl. Right, and it, it, it was a rough – it was a rough – yeah, I'm just running out of words here. Let's bring in Adnan Ikic. <laughs> hey, fellas. Got a lot up? of venom, yeah. Uh, Adnan, how, how are you doing, buddy? You know what? I, I'm numb at this point. Like, <laughs> I have, I absolutely just, like, as we were blowing that lead, I just felt nothing. Like, I legitimately was like, eh, we're going to, like, do it again. After Allen Robinson scored that touchdown, where, like, we just couldn't tackle him for... I think it was was it Isaiah Oliver who just like let him go, and he ran and, down the sidelines. And, and Brady, 
Yeah, bleeding yeah, is it, there too. Yeah, and bleeding. I was like, oh well, it, it, it's we're gonna do this again. And to be honest, like we got super fortunate. Like it was a beautiful play by Darkwee's Denard on that Allen Robinson touchdown that was overturned, and then even more lucky that Anthony Miller touchdown, which was like, which he which he completely dropped. He was like all <laughs> yeah, alone yeah, on that fourth yeah. and seventeen. But overall, like everyone can get blamed for this game like all three phases the offense absolutely stalled out in the second half the defense was killing it in the first half but then like of course you know the coaching we we went that uh too high safety look we ran cover two Mm -hmm. as we normally do and you know we let them completely like get down the field and just kill us with it in fairness to the defense though grady jarrett was out but still like you you have that lead you can't be going out there on fourth and 17 and letting them get those busted coverage plays. And even the special teams, young way Koo missed two kicks. Like he missed a field goal yeah. and he missed an extra point. That would have been not the like, tie then. Yeah. yeah. That, that was four points right there. So, yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan didn't have, wasn't looking very sharp either in this game. No. I, I, I hate to say it. He was missing Ridley on some of those deep passes. And that last interception was absolutely egregious. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, you know, uh, I'm going to take my L. I came in uh, last week. I was super excited. I was super optimistic. I'm like, you know what? Maybe we'll do it. You know, maybe this time it's going to be different. It wasn't different. It was the exact same as every single time. <laughs> well, uh, not, to be fair, okay, like it was, we didn't make Mitch Trubisky look like an all-pro. So at least we have that. But yeah, yeah. As, as a Georgia fan, it felt like Tua coming in at halftime, you know, for Alabama. <laughs> and then again, next year, Jalen Hurts coming in at halftime. Yep. And just yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. That, was, that was rough. And yeah, I mean, honestly, like at a certain point, like, the defense did give up 30, but they were they were just they were ravaged by the end of the game. I mean, they had so many in-game injuries too. Like the very end of the game, I I don't really blame the defense. Like at that point, you, the offense needs to put it away. Like these guys have been playing like I mean, how many snaps did they play? Like 80, like more than that. Like I mean, the defense was on the field for way too long again. Like this this offense is like totally incapable of of protecting a lead. Like they as soon as they get up by like double digits it's like okay well all that stuff we were doing that worked let's just toss that out uh we don't need that anymore now we're gonna go to this game plan and lo and behold nothing works uh i mean 78 78 plays yeah that's too many you can't have that like 78 that's a lot of plays for 78 plays yeah what two or three kneel downs yeah like you can't we can't have this like the, like obviously Matt Ryan wasn't great. Like we talked about that. Like he, this was not his sharpest day. Um, you know he missed some guys downfield. Uh, he was down Julio Jones obviously, and then he lost Russell Gage, and they had to work in some new guys. And I think Zacchaeus stepped up, you know, and, and was a, a serviceable target for Ryan. But like that, you know, they, they had to change it. They had to change a lot. The offensive line was was struggling. Uh, you know, the Bears are no no slouch in pass rush. Like they got. You know, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, arguably the best edge rusher in the league. You know, and Matt Gono was holding up well early, but by the end of the game, it was not working. And um, to me, it's concerning that now we've seen the offense fail twice to protect a lead that, I mean, and I don't blame them in week two because, like, they were just scoring in week two and it just didn't matter. But this game, like, you had four possessions in a row, score any number of points, and you win the game. And they couldn't. They, they couldn't even burn clock. I mean, it, it was... It was a disaster. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's just a complete disaster in the fourth quarter. Yep. You know, you 
you have to wonder, and, and I'm sure I, I know Keenan is seeing it from a different perspective now, because of course, you know, as a former player, you know, from from his point of view, you know, of course he knows what's going on on the football field. He knows what's going on in the locker room. He knows what's going on with the coaching staff and the communications and things of that nature. From our standpoint, it looks as if, you know, a lot of things are happening that you wonder, like, okay, why, why not make adjustments to this? Why not fix this in game? That's what football is about, yeah. adjustments. Not waiting until the week of practice. Sometimes you have to make adjustments on the fly. Now, my thing is, if you know you're playing a pass rush that has Khalil Mack, you have an undrafted free agent at right tackle. Why are you calling slow developing plays? Because they were working early in the game. Mm. I know. <laughs> that, that is a, right. They were working early in the game. But and then they be, weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and then they weren't. And then you were still sticking to that yeah. in the second half. When you when you put together a second half drive where you know Gurley was getting some nice runs and he, he scored a test down on, you get away from that completely. Yep. completely. Happy birthday, Arthur Blank. <laughs> yeah, right. You get away from that completely. Again, you wonder, you look at a guy like Dirk Cutter who has all this experience, who was a former head coach, and I honestly feel at this point from my perspective, I honestly feel like I can call plays just as good as he can. And that's just, that's just from looking at the past three weeks because it's like, dude, you're seeing it on the field. You're in the prep. You're in the coach's booth. You're seeing everything, and you're still being very mundane and stale with your play call. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Look, I mean, I've, I've, I've been saying this for so long. I just feel like I can't say it any other way. Like, I mean, I, I wrote an article on it this week. Uh, where we talked about the Falcons are the like one of the least aggressive teams in the league on second down, but they're one of the most aggressive on first down. So it it, it just it's it's bizarre because if you're going to be aggressive on first down, a lot of the times that means you're going to be facing second and ten because you're not going to hit those deep shots all the time. But when you call a run then on second down, then you're in big trouble because you're probably not going to get a first down from that second down run. It's very very hard to do like runs of 10 or more yards are not common like in the nfl like that's why analytics maligns the second and 10 runs so much because even on a good run play like if you average five yards per carry as a running back that's considered to be really good so if you get an average run as a great running back in a great rushing offense you're getting half of what you need and you're getting into third down that's that's like an average scenario and even if you double it you're just barely getting the first down Hey, did he did he like did he shred away those five hundred plays <laughs> that he put in the playbook? No, no all, all of the plays were power. What the hell happened? Is it just Where like is it just like counter and then it's just like flipped over and that's like they, they scored they scored on one. They power, did. You know, they did. They did. On one. Stay, to stay with it, okay? You got you got Mac on this on on you know on the right side. I'm you're getting a lot of your runs, even the 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 um. The hill run for touchdown, the draw was up the gut behind Alex Mack and and Carpenter on our left hand side. You're getting good yards on that left hand side. Stick to that run game. It's going to open up. I know you don't like the two yard runs. You don't like the three yard runs. Whatever. 
I don't like them either. They don't look pretty, but Keenan can attest to this. When you stick to it, it will open up in the fourth quarter. Yes, Those two and three yard runs were turned into six and seven yard runs. Yeah, yeah but why do? Like we but why it. do that? Why do that when we can instead score three points in the second half? Yeah, it's it's, it's incredible. It's yeah, incredible. the only like the only way that offensive coordinators stay encouraged to stay with those little small gains is based on the defense. You know, if that defense is uh, giving up a whole lot of ass, right. <laughs> they're bending over, giving it up, man. They right. get nervous up there in their booth, and they feel like they got to do something to, you know, to jump ahead. It's yeah. uh, I would have liked to have seen them run a lot more play action. You know, at Max Way because y'all probably noticed this like I did. They kept Matt over there at right tackle the whole time, the whole time on on Gono the whole day. Usually yep. they flip flop him, but he was over there the whole day. I would have ran a lot more play action at him. You know, let that tackle come off, get into him a little bit, and then make him have to redirect yep. and chase and wear him down a little oh, bit, would, slow down that pass. We would have ran the play action fake towards Max side. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. That's yes. how you neutralize a guy like that. Yes, sir. Why not? And have have that back come off and, and maybe chip Matt. Hell yeah. At least you're rolling you're rolling Matt away from Khalil Mack. So now he has a little bit more distance to run. If we're being mm-hmm. honest, even looking back at it, I think we're even more fortunate than I thought. Because remember, they had that forced fumble, that Khalil Mack forced fumble that was just like gifted to us as a first down because of the of the roughing the passer for just absolutely like I don't know what Akeem Hicks was thinking on that play. Do you guys remember when Chicago recovered that fumble? And then it was... Yeah, uh, the helmet-to-helmet on that. Yeah, Akeem Hicks hit the helmet-to-helmet. And, I mean, like, I legitimately... You you were gift, you were given that gift. You were given the gift of Anthony Miller dropping that easy touchdown. And, I mean, you still, like... You had breaks go your way in this game. You can't, like, blame, like, oh, yeah, I just, like, wasn't, like, meant to be today. Like, you had stuff go your way, and you still couldn't take advantage of it. The Denard interception? Yeah, the Denard interception, didn't even, too. Didn't even get a field goal out of it. No point. <laughs> Yeah, that that sucks, you know. Obviously, um, like like you, you at a certain point, like we've like and people are bringing it up in the chat, like you know, it all goes back to why did we fire Steve Sarkeesian? You know, like <laughs> like look, look, like you don't want to have that conversation. I do. Like I, I wanted to have this conversation then. Like you want to know why? They because they were afraid. They needed a scapegoat. So why not call out the young offensive coordinator who already has a checkered pass by some? That's why they fired Steve Sarkeesian. Right. And it was the wrong decision. And I said he that. Improved the, in tw- he improved I, in 2018. He improved. Like, he improved. improved in two seasons. They like, improved per game. The offense wasn't bad. It was not. Yeah. It was not at all. Now, there and were the, certainly some frustrating aspects of Sarkeesian's play calling. I mean, you're never going to 100% agree with any offense. Like, let's get that out no, there. Like, no. That's he, not an expectation. He had, he had his struggles in year one and in year two. But you saw in year two, you saw some of the – you saw a lot of things open up a bit when it came to that. And he was able, he was able to call plays. And he had this offense rolling in year two, to be quite honest with you. And you go back to that – that was the year – where that was that 2018 year where literally, I mean, they blew they blew the lead in New Orleans. Uh, they had to shoot out against Cincy. That defense couldn't stop yeah. a, a nursing home. It didn't matter. <laughs> but they fired Steve Sarkeesian for no reason. And I said that from the day after he was fired that it was a terrible decision. You got to stay with a guy like that. He's come on, man. It's just I, I want someone to honestly point out that Dirk Cutter was a better decision than Steve Sarkeesian. I, please make an argument. Well. 
We all, I think we all know that they didn't fire Steve Sarkeesian to hire Dirk Cutter. If they did, then that's a fireable offense on its own. But I don't think that's what? really what they did. They wa- I think we all know they wanted Kubiak, and the Bears blocked him from sure? interviewing. You sure about that? I don't even I'm know. I'm pretty sure. I mean, like, I have a low opinion of this front office, but it's not that low, okay? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I maybe somebody had to co-sign him to get him back, though. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it more like that was just more press clippings than anything else. That I, I honestly feel this front office may have wanted Cutter all along for the continuity purpose. Yeah, I mean that that wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, like, it, I just. There's like I just don't see the upside of that hire. Like everyone knows what Dirk Cutter is. He's he's a good, you know, he's like a solid guy. He's he, you know he, who hasn't. I mean, he hasn't improved. Like in 2012, he was a great offensive mind, you know. And they the, the offense was blowing the doors off everyone because they had unbelievable talent. And the offense hasn't changed since 2012. So that's the big problem with Dirk Cutter. Like he he's one of these coaches that has his system, and the system has kind of been figured out by defensive minds and. We're still doing the system. Like you're, you're calling. He's, he's missing. There's no Julio. Gage got hurt, and you're calling these plays without the type of receivers in the game that can, or that can, that can really execute these routes. And yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Like you have it. make that change. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, why did we go away from Hayden Hurst after that first touchdown? Seemed like that was his last target. Yeah, he didn't get targeted again. He didn't get targeted again. I'm pretty sure. So I like, mean, your your top, your like two of your top three receivers are out, and and Hayden Hurst doesn't get any more targets. Like, <laughs> I think I mean I think part of that has to deal with, like I said, the the play calling, the routes. A lot of a lot of these routes, man. A lot of these plays. You go back and look at that game, man. A lot of these plays. They were slow developing routes where you he needed to wait until the receiver makes his break eight, ten yards down the field. By that time, Mac is already in his pocket. It's it's too late at that point, man. It's just it's frustrating. But it's not frustrating at the same time because you kind of knew this was gonna occur. So Yeah. I mean, to me it's it's you never just arrive at 0 and 3 by accident. Like maybe there's some universe where like like a, a total shitstorm of bad luck and injuries and like everything coalesces and 0-3 is actually not indicative of your team. But not in like 99% of timelines. Like 0-3 means that you're bad. It means you're a bad football team. Like the Falcons haven't been 0-3 since uh, Bobby Petrino. Oh, yeah, just, Bobby just Petrino. Wait, just wait till we're 0-4 next week. <laughs> when was when was the last time that happened? Oh, Bobby Petrino. It was it Bobby Petrino. <laughs> 07? Did we uh, win one game in those first I can't four? Remember. Uh, we won one in there somewhere. <laughs> we got one. Yeah. <laughs> it might it might have been one and three for the month of September. Yeah, yeah. So even even the even Petrino didn't sink to one to zero and four perhaps, but we'll see uh, what what happens here with Quinn. Like Quinn, there's yeah. there's no way there's no way he can make this right. There, there's no way. We say that every year, man. Well, they're gonna win enough games to mess up my like mock drafts. I mean, that's for sure. That, that's I don't guaranteed. understand like back to back blown fourth quarter leads like this when you already have this reputation and this culture, and you can already see that this team is going nowhere this year. Like, there's no what. How how do you justify as Arthur Blank? How do you justify not moving on? I mean, I I personally can't think of a reason. 
Um, he doesn't want to fire anybody on his birthday. Well, yeah, don't fire, fire him well, tomorrow. Yeah, fire him. Well, I mean, let's. Uh, Keenan is the voice of reason here. Keenan, what what are your thoughts at this point? Like, do you think that there's justification for holding on to Quinn a little bit longer, or in your mind, is this sort of back to back thing well, kind of like a, a big problem? This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Well, first off, you know, I, let me be clear. I'm never going to say, hey, fire this guy, fire that guy. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Because, you know, just me personally, I don't like to see anybody get fired because mm-hmm. families and all that get involved. Yeah, yeah. But... I do know what will happen is that if it hasn't happened already, is that probably Mr. Blank is going to have more than just a meeting with just the uh, head coach. He's going to have meetings with the coordinators and see what's going on in their mind. Because let's be honest, when the game starts, we start off looking pretty good. And just like in all games, the other team makes adjustments. And then the second half, we're not adjusting very well. And then that's where, the gates open up. And so I'm pretty sure you're going to have a meeting with them just to figure out, Hey, what's going on? You know, uh, Mr. Blank is very hands on with, uh, with that football team. He's not just sitting back and I'll let them coach. You know what I mean? I mean, of course he's going to let them coach, but he's also going to try and figure out what get to the bottom of it. He's going to talk to those players too and figure out, Hey, what's, what's going on just to make sure that stuff adds up, you know, because sometimes you can talk to somebody about something and, uh, They'll tell you one thing just to kind of defend themselves. But, you know, I've always been a firm believer in this. If you hear this story from somebody else and that story from somebody else, they might be a little different. But if there's a common thing in there, there, there there's something to that, you yeah. know. So he's I believe he's going he's going he's going to talk with them coordinators, he's going to talk with them players and try and figure out what's going on with us in the second half. How come we keep blowing these leads like that? And that's where the problem is. We're just not adjusting. Yeah. Yeah, and it has been a consistent problem. It's not like it's just this season. Obviously, it's magnified this season. Um, and, like, it, it's, it just seems like the adjustments take a really long time to happen. Like, last year we saw them adjust and fix the issues, but it was too late. It was 1-7, and seven, and then you go on a 6-2 and two tear, but it doesn't matter because you're 1-7, and seven, so you can't dig out of that hole. It's, it's impossible. So um, – if you if it's gonna take you that long to fix the problems, I just don't really see a lot of upside because, like the NFL season every year, it's gonna throw curveballs at you. No, nothing is ever gonna go to plan perfectly. You're always gonna have injuries. You're always gonna have 
you're, you're going against other teams that are living, breathing organisms that are going to change and do unexpected things. Like, this isn't, you know, Madden where you line up co- computer simulations against each other and everyone, you know, plays a gentleman's game where you just do what you expect and then you run a bunch of numbers and then the outcome occurs. So, like, you're going ag- up against humans who are going to do unpredictable things, who, c- who could get hurt, who could not get hurt. Everything's variable. And it seems like this coaching staff just can't, do that they're great at it seems like they're pretty good at pre-planning like we go into the game with a good game plan they get out to a lead and then at the half it all falls apart like there's either there's either no change or there's the wrong change i mean uh like going to prevent defense like how many times do we have to see them get eaten alive and prevent to realize we can't play prevent like we cannot do it like we we are god awful at prevent you might as well just line up in your normal defense, and and if you give up a big play, you give a big play because you're going to give up a big play and prevent anyway. So like that, you might as well just that, do it. That game winner to Miller, did that play look familiar to you guys? It was the same one he scored on the first time. No, that was the same one he that Trubisky missed. <laughs> Foles hit it, yeah. Yeah, yeah Foles. Is, I mean, we can see that Foles is better than Trubisky. Yeah, like, more I, accurate. I don't, I don't know yeah. what Chicago was thinking at the beginning of the season. But you know they they're three and zero. Like who care? They like, got they're, they're good. They got to come on. They got to ride him out. Man. He's a high draft pick. Exactly. They, they're, they're not, <laughs> not going to cut ties with him until the contract runs. So, yeah. Sometimes you just have to recognize a sunk cost. Right, but it's they, like they will. They yeah. will when the contract when his his free agency is up is here. They will. They'll yeah. cut ties. Well, like that's the thing with like Trubisky, like pulling him at halftime here, like that shows that they never planned to let him finish the season, like, ever. Like, they were just waiting for him to mess up, and then they were going to put Foles in. Like, he he had, like, a, a mediocre... Like, he didn't have a good first half, but, like, he wasn't god-awful. I mean, like, this wasn't, like, a three-int yeah. first half. Like, yeah. so they were just waiting for an excuse to yank him. I think that was pretty clear, at least to me. So that that that's just... You're just... I mean, you're just... That's just, like... That's is this all a stunt? Like, it was the whole thing a stunt? Like, you just... That D line was winning in the first half, yeah. so it wasn't as if he was just completely off. No. no, he he had he had some guys in his face early on. Yeah, I mean he wasn't good, but he wasn't like we need to pull him out bad. Yeah. Like so to me, it's like that's just you're just this whole thing was a stunt. Like yeah, we're gonna give him a chance, but like the second he makes a mistake, like Foles is coming in. So that's I think that's rude to Trubisky, honestly, and it's rude to your fans because it's just a charade. But you know teams do this, so whatever. Uh but uh, we'll take, we're going to take a quick second here. We're going to get back to the commentary. Just to remind folks, uh, all 400, 450 of you, good God. All right. Yeah, all 450 of you, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you don't mind throwing a like at the video, that helps other people on YouTube find us. We really appreciate that. And then if you're not already subscribed to the channel, you can hit that and you'll get notifications when we go live. Uh, we also do a Wednesday night show at 810. So that's a fun one to tune into as well if you want a little bit more of a deep dive on analysis. Uh, all right. So back to the, the commentary here. All right. So we've, we've covered the tr- the Trubisky yoink. We've covered some of the overall issues here. Um, <clears throat> I do want to get into a little bit because fan, fans in the chat are asking, like, if the Falcons do elect to make a change, what do we do we think this is going to actually produce an in-season improvement or is this more of a, a symbolic change? Like, we, like, Quinn's not getting it done. We have to move on. If they appoint a new interim head coach and maybe you guys have ideas about who that might be on the staff, are you expecting things to get actually better or is this just kind of a symbolic change at that point? No, I, <laughs> I, I think it's it's going to be more symbolic just because he should have been gone last year at the end of last year, in my opinion. 
because it's you were seven and nine two years ago, and last year we're like, all right, it's probably playoffs or bust, and then you do the exact same thing again. And last year was even worse than two years ago, probably because at least two years ago you were like competitive in the first half of the season. But so yeah, I I think like they made a mistake bringing him and Dimitrov back, and I mean I'm not gonna like. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was an absolute mistake, and I think that it's better late than ever to recognize that and to move on. Yeah, and it, honestly, it's probably worse for Quinn because if he has, you know, usually head coaches that get fired, they kind of have to sit out a year. But, like, he could have got his year out of the way this year, and then I'm sure he would have got calls to end up on Pete Carroll's staff or somebody else's staff and start working his way back up. Like, this is not going to be the end of the road for Dan Quinn. Like, he, despite, you know... The, the poor end to his t- what we believe to be the poor end to his tenure here like he still has a winning record as a head coach like he still got this team to the Super Bowl like this is not a guy whose career is over if he gets fired in Atlanta so like I feel like too this is just you're just like it's not really fair to him either because if, if the leash is really this short and like it probably should be especially considering how bad these last two games have been like if you just yoink him after three games like that means that yeah. he, he really wasn't and, in a good place to and, begin and uh i mean to be and just to add to your point i don't think that this is by any means like the end of dan quinn's career maybe we'll even see him in the future get another head coaching opportunity but right now he's like done it he's been successful as a defensive coordinator he's been successful in the college level I think Dan Quinn would be a fantastic college head coach, personally. Mm-hmm. Just he has the attitude for it. He has the personality for it. I think he's someone that can absolutely rally rally young men around him. And, you know, I think, you know, it, w- it would be pretty cool to see him succeed, you know, at the college levels at that level. And I'm pretty sure there will be some openings, if not right now, then maybe next year. Yeah. yeah. Eric, you got any, any takes on, on that situation? Um, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're almost expecting Blank to do something that we know he's not probably going to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's, I get the fans want an in-season, you know, termination to happen. Um, but I just, just realizing who Blank is as a person, like, I don't, I don't get that from him. I don't, I don't think he's going to do that. That's I think not his gonna, style generally. It really isn't. He wants to avoid the media spotlight and backlash. But the ironic thing about that is while you're avoiding it by having a firing of your head coach, you're still in it because your your team is literally like a punching bag (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, Like the bad press is here now. Like you're not... The press isn't going to get worse if Quinn gets fired. Like the press is already bad. You want to wake up in the morning and just see... You know, Sports Center and and you know all these sports shows. You know, talk about the firing of your head coach, or do you want to wake up in the morning and see your team be a joke or a Saturday Night Live skit? Like, I mean, it's is your is your choice. Oh, I I am absolutely expecting Saturday Night Live to do something with it, with this team. It's, it's going to happen. Trust me. Oh yeah, Fox yeah. News. Fox News already. Well, not Fox News, but Fox Football kind of got us before the game today. Yeah. So. Is going to happen. Yeah, I expect to see that happen more and more. But yeah. I'm with you, Eric. I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening because that's just going to add more of a spotlight to an already bad situation. Right. But it, but it, it was you, you. There's no there's no in between here, man. You either you face the bad media 
by by watching and, and seeing your team just get picked on and, and not firing a head coach, or you can just suck it up and say, all right, you know what, it's time to move on. And to me, when it comes to something like that, I always feel like it's best to get a head start on things. Because, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, right now, you're not going to hire your head coach no. right now. I get it. But it's probably best to go ahead and get that process started. Go ahead and get your interim head coach in place and at least kick your feet up a little bit and watch the rest of the season. See what candidates are out there within the season that you see, you know, having a great year. Like, hey, you know what? You know, and by the time playoffs start, if they're not in it, you know, this is one guy I want to interview. Yeah. yeah. Why not? I mean, that's that's my way of thinking. I'd rather do it now. Week 17 comes. Black Monday comes. Boom. Already got my list of 10 guys I'm ready to coach. You want to know Because I paid a lot of attention during the season. Yeah. Because I already started that process. Right. And I think it's possible that they will get that process started even if they don't fire Dan Quinn. I mean, because we know Arthur Blank likes to wait until the end of the season. That's his style. Uh, but I, I think that the decision might be made much earlier than the end of the year, even if Quinn doesn't end up. It better be. Um, because, you know, that's exactly what you said. Like, they they need to do their research here. They need to nail this hire because this is probably the last head coach for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, that pairing. Like if yeah, you mess hope, up again, hopefully, you know. hopefully it's a brilliant offensive mind. Like God damn, you, it better be. If we get another it, defensive it, head coach, I swear to God. Yeah. It, it, Eric B uh, Arthur, Arthur um, Smith, yeah. Arthur Smith from Tennessee. The Titans are looking really good this year. Man, <laughs> that they were a lot really, doing really cool. What's that? GM. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Lu- cool. Lewis Riddick, I was listening to him on the Monday night broadcast last week, and it was so refreshing. Like, you, you, I learned, like, whenever I was listening to Lewis Riddick, Riddick talk about the game, like, he has such a great perspective, yeah. and he breaks it down, like, so well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, knowing us, we're going to hire Mike Nolan. <laughs> yeah, Lewis yep. Riddick did some stuff for uh, Scouting Academy, so I remember yep. him from there. He was super knowledgeable. <laughs> Kevin and I took Scouting yeah. Academy, and he's one of the lead instructors for that. And yeah. that guy knows football. He knows his stuff, that's I- for sure. Yeah, I know he had kind of like a mixed track record last time he was in the league, but like it, that was a long time ago. Like he, he deserves another shot. Yeah, it was. And when he was in Philly, he did have some. He you know he did put put a, a team together eventually. You know yeah, he, yeah, he, he, did. Helped, he he wasn't was a, bad. Like he, he was kind of like solid. He was, uh, director of uh, uh, player personnel for Chip Kelly, right? Was it Chip Kelly? I can't remember which team it was. It might have been Chip Kelly. But it might have. It might have yeah. been that. Yeah, I thought it was like Philly or the Redskins or something. Well, he, like that, yeah, he right? was Philly or West Redskins, but I think yeah. he was with Philly at the beginning of the Chip yeah. Kelly era, yeah. which means you know, he was there to you know to bring along LaShawn McCoy to to get a guy like Deshaun Jackson to to put mm. faith in a guy like Michael Vick. Um, so he was there. He helped put a, a pretty good team together to an extent. Um, yeah, that guy knows his football. Tell yeah, me. he so does. That would be really cool. And I would yeah. love I would just love to see like Atlanta be the the team to have the black head coach GM combo. Like I can't believe this is not something that exists in the NFL. It's completely ridiculous to me. Like like how how are we letting this happen? Like there's so many talented guys out here. I mean, I know why. I know why. But I'm like, hey, I'm, I mean, I already that's something we already spotted a long time ago and it's right. just yeah. we're we're still here trying to fight that. So. Yeah. Like it just blows my mind. But uh 
Yeah, I mean, Lewis Riddick would be a great GM candidate. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks like B Enemy. I like B Enemy a lot too. Arthur Smith, I think, is definitely someone that needs to be on people's minds um, because he runs a very smart offense. Like he uses a ton of play action. I know he's got Derrick Henry, so they run, you know, a lot of power there, but they run zone too. I think his offense is very flexible. I think he can make it work around a lot of different personnel. I actually want to ask Keenan this from the, from the player perspective, because we've had this discussion before on here and in the group chat. Based on how the team is constructed now, Keenan, mm-hmm. do you feel a defensive mind or an offensive mind is the best fit for this team going forward? Defensive mind, that's me personally. I think we got the pieces on offense. Defensively, we need a new look. We need a new attitude. We need a new infusion of energy, you know, because, uh, you know, cover two, you know, the regular just rushing four, or that's, that's, we need something different. So you, we need to be- you, you feel getting a defensive minded head coach and then getting a dynamic OC is the way to go. Instead yes, of sir. instead of getting an offensive guy that's probably going to call the plays and be you know the focal point on and put a, a lot of his attention on offense, you think that's yeah? I feel as though we need a uh, pretty new uh, we need a defensive minded guy uh, if that if that's the way that they decided to go, but also to an offensive minded guy like a Shanahan or something like that. That's if they decided to go that way. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's like. I think that defensive strategy sounds great, like in theory, uh, yeah. and like that's that was obviously the impetus behind them hiring guys like Dan Quinn and Mike Smith. Like they had the pieces on offense. This team had been good on offense, but they were really struggling on defense. Um, and to yeah. me, because I still because yeah, yeah. I still believe old school. You know, hey, if they don't score, they don't win. You know, right, right, yeah. I mean, there are still there's still a place for a good defense in the NFL. Like def- as much as people like to make it out, like having a good defense is still something that really helps your team. Um, I, I get, but the I get the hot trend now is what the hot offensive coordinator, yeah. young coordinator. That's Bl- the trend. blast them with your offense. Yeah, that's yeah. the current yeah. trend. Yeah, you see it with McVay. You see it with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. You see it with Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. Like that's the way to go. But then when we have these conversations, like I said, we've had it plenty of times before. When we we have that, we always circle back around to the fact that Bill Belichick has been pretty. A winning head coach for 20 years, and this guy is just a defensive-minded guy. So he's it can work certainly. There you go. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I guess to me, I say offense because mainly because the problem is like when we get a good offensive guy, he ends up getting poached and going being someone else's head coach, and then Ryan has to get a new offense again. And I'm just tired of seeing that. Like I feel like we need to get a system in here. Like as much as I hate saying it, like Sean Payton, you know, with the, with the Saints, like a, a consistent system that we can keep every year that Ryan can get really comfortable in and become dynamic in and awesome in, and you you find a great defensive coordinator because you can you can get a good defense with a good defensive coordinator. You don't necessarily have to have the head coach, but if you have the offensive head coach and he creates this great offense, you don't have to worry about him getting poached like we've been dealing with under these defensive head coaches. So uh, and also. Yeah. Also, offense tends to be stable year to year, statistically speaking, whereas defense is very volatile. So I think building around offense is better in that way as well. I'd rather just hire the strength of the team. Yeah, I, that's personally. Yeah. I mean, I get Keenan's opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, the strength of the team is the offense. I rather mm. just 
nurture that and ride that horse. Yeah. That, that's, that's, hey, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't think either strategy is necessarily wrong, but I think, I guess for me, it's like we've seen the defensive head coach strategy twice now, and I'm ready to try the offensive head coach strategy to see maybe if that is the spark that we need, if, but, if getting that consistency. It also makes me think that the amount of attention and research that's being done for a head coach should be put on the coordinators as well. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's cool to get a head coach, but if you want to just get a guy as a defensive coordinator in place, to me, I think that's going to cost you games. Like, I feel like you need to put in that same amount of effort to get a defensive coordinator guy in a league like this where you're going up against Russell Wilson, the, the Tom Brady's, and, and the Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson's. I, I just I, – I, I, that's a fear of mine that the team has where they will go the route like they did with, with – with, like they tried to do with Petrino, but then they'll just get some guy, some, you know uh, – secondary or outside linebacker coach from another team and make him a defensive coordinator just to say that they have one in place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, like, I, I just, yeah, it, we'll see when this change comes, uh, because I think honestly, if we're being honest with ourselves, there's like a 90% chance they're 0 four when, when, after when we, when we do our next post game show. So, yeah. Being kind of too yeah. kind to them right now. <laughs> you think that's too kind? <laughs> There's always a chance for a meteor. That's like at least 5%. <laughs> the tie. You got to add the tie in there. Yeah. No. Hey, and just real quick, you know, I wanted to be clear. Hey, that cover two, that stuff, it works if you got four guys up front that can get after that quarterback. You know what I mean? But, you know, right now we uh, – we're not really getting after the quarterback, bro. Yeah, not well enough for it to work. Yeah. But adjustment to that is what, Keenan? You can't get with four, send more. I mean, come on. <laughs> I like the rhyme. Yeah. If you can't get there yeah, with four, hey, send more. But even, even when they try to send an extra one, it's like we're not getting there. When they get in that bare front, it's like we're getting just about there. And then, uh, yeah. well, they balls go. They fit the house on that, on that game winner, they to did. be fair. Yeah. And they got the foes. Yeah. I think I think it was Dion that got the foes. They got yeah. it was just a millisecond too late. But yeah. I mean, that's just my way of thinking, man. You can't get there with four guys. Why the hell are you dropping eight back in coverage and just oh we'll change it and we'll just right. send three. That's what I feel. I feel like they should be doing that when they have this big lead because it's like you can afford to give up a big play if you have this giant lead. Like you should be going after the quarterback, making him uncomfortable, trying to force these errors, force these turnovers, and just put the game away. But the offense couldn't get anything done in the fourth quarter. So it's like, oh, maybe we do have to play conservative because the offense can't do a damn thing. Well, yeah, we're just back down the rabbit hole of the same stuff again. But uh, it's it's sad. Um, it's obviously disappointing for everyone to see this team at 0-3. Uh, that 0-3 is almost certainly a playoff death sentence, uh, statistically speaking. Um, obviously, this is the seventh playoff seed year and all this, so things could change. But uh, the Falcons have, like, an enormous task to try to beat Green Bay on the road in Week 4. Uh, that is going to be really hard. And if you don't win that game, you're 0-4. And then almost certainly, it's game over. So just digging out of a four-loss Deficit is Can just I get those mock draft articles ready now. Or... <laughs> Hashtag draft takes are coming. So. Hey, it's drop season. Oh, wait, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm just <laughs> it's not draft season yet. Okay, yeah. I need like I need us to get through September before draft season for God's sake. It's always... <laughs> drop, drop season gets earlier and earlier. And it every seems year. like it does. Yeah, it's always draft season, baby. Oh man, welcome in, Evan. Like, uh, dang, boy, the SEC just started playing yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I haven't even had time to watch these guys yet. There haven't even been tapes, so. 
But uh, Evan, I, I coming in fresh off of uh, the post game podcast. Shout out to that, uh, Evan. Uh, we're, we're wrapping up here, but I'll give you a chance to get your thoughts on the game in here too before we uh, close out. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys probably covered everything. I'm just I'm tired. Just popping in to, you to know, drop it's... you know that the drop a bomb in here. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> tell everybody, all everybody listening, I'm tired. Like yeah. it's. I don't, I don't know. Um, did you guys talk about the kicking game? Uh, no. Well, well, we talked about it a little briefly. bit. We, we don't mention it briefly, but why don't you, you go ahead? Because I know you're just, our resident kicking expert. So. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. Like, they didn't bring in any competition at all. Didn't work out any kickers. Just kind of handed the job. I thought they'd learned from the Tavecchio thing. Um, to be clear, though, they would have found, you know, those four points that were left on the board by Koo. Would have, they would have still blown the lead oh, yeah, whether definitely. he made it and went into overtime. So I'm not throwing it all on him, but it's situations like that where you need it to be more reliable. Um, and he's, you know, he hasn't had one over 50 except for last year he had one. Um, yeah, that was I don't 50 think exactly that hit the upright and went in. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't understand that. But it's, su- it's such a minuscule thing compared to everything else that it's, you know, it's not even really worth bringing up a lot, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, 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 yeah. That's obviously not great. You know, it's kind of like over overshadowed by a lot of things. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Like, it's just, it's really disappointing. Um, you know, and and it's like a, it's like a full failure because you have you know multiple areas of the team failing: special teams, defense, and offense. Um, it's just big oof and like we're seeing in the press conferences now you know all like basically every player is coming up to the stands t- saying that it's not dan quinn's fault it's not the coach's fault which means they know that his job is in serious jeopardy like you don't <clears throat> say stuff like that if if you don't know and I'm, I'm sure they know and um but again you shouldn't need the players to go to bat for you every year like this is the same thing that happened last year everyone was like oh it's not quinn's fault it's not quinn's fault well like you shouldn't need to say that. Like, you shouldn't need to go up there and defend your head coach in your own player press conference. Like, it's just, this is a bad situation just all the way around. And I, I honestly, I feel bad for everyone. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for Dan Quinn. Like, he probably shouldn't have even been here this year to, to get put in what's looking like a lame duck season for him. So it's just lots of mistakes all piling up. It's sad. It's depressing. Uh... But that's where we are, 0-3, heading into week four against the Green Bay Packers, uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. So, uh, not a on great Monday situation. Night football, on too. Monday Night Football, we get... Oh, least, well, oh it is hey, Monday Night Galaxy Brain, you can't blow a lead if you never have one. So No, 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 no. Or, or we'll blow another lead, but on national television there this you time. Go. Nothing Monday else. Night. Yeah, it's Monday Night. Maybe they'll flex it out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think no, they no, can the, flex Monday The night. Falcons are must-see TV right now. Yeah, yeah. They're oh, rewriting wait, the book on Wait, it. hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that means they're going to have Monday Night Countdown. Like, oh, my God. They're going to be talking about it all week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. The first three games, they they getting brought up. <laughs> it's going to get brought up. Oh, my God. Dad oh. Quinn. Don't do – I mean, not Dad Quinn. Uh, uh, Arthur Blank, don't do this to your team, man. It, well, now that, right. now that I remember it's Monday Night Football, there's no way he fires Quinn going into Monday Night Football because that's oh be just God. the only thing people talk about this week. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. He's going to wait until at least next Monday. Oh, my God. Uh, they are 
they're going to get smoked on Monday Night Countdown. But you see, every time we say that, like, they were like, oh, yeah, they have no chance of beating the 49ers last year. They just randomly play, like, their best game of the season. Like, it just – nothing makes sense. But it is it is what it is with this team. Um, all right. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, this is a tough show, tough, tough week, tough start to the season. But we're here for you. We appreciate you guys being here for us, uh, tuning in. And, and letting us get some stuff off our chest. We hope it's been, you know, cathartic for you as well. Before we get out of here, though, I want to give my guests a chance to plug their stuff and give any final thoughts they have. So, Keenan, I'll go to you first. He is Keenan Forney, at KForney65, and your Instagram is F65Performance, right? Yes, sir. All right, That's I got right. it this time. It only took, like, six times, but go ahead. No, you good. Hey, uh, Falcons fans, man, hey, just keep cheering them on, man. Keep cheering them on. You know, pray for pray for better days right now. And that's all I got. Yeah, pray for better days. That that it sucks that this is where we're right after week three. This this is probably how Browns fans felt for all those years. So I apologize hey, for see, all the jokes. If you see me in the streets, man, come up. We'll give each other a hug. We'll hug it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get through this time together, y'all. Yeah, the only thing that's 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 the only thing we can fall back on is our fan fellowship. That's the uh, the only thing we have now, unfortunately. Uh, also with us here, Evan Birchfield here briefly at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. He's also on the Falcoholics post game podcast, which is probably going to be up soon. Uh, so that was, uh, I assume Evan and DW and maybe other guests. You guys definitely want to check that out. Evan, anything that you want to plug as well? Um, no, I just wanted to share, you might've shared it already. The, uh, CBS, uh, tweet about the first ever 15 plus points in the fourth quarter thing. Did you oh no, that? no! Is there some? Are okay, the, so the, are the founders of a new record. Last yeah. last week, yeah. La- yeah, last week I left uh, with a nice little historic record. So the Falcons are the first team ever to lose back-to-back games despite leading by 15 plus points in the fourth qu- quarter in both. So that's CB- yep. NFL and CBS um, setting records. Just the wrong historic. Ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2016, we were setting records for the right reason. 20. 20, yeah, and, so and I think yeah. I think it's the first time they were uh, uh, start zero and three since two thousand seven. Yep, that is correct. Yeah. And wasn't Keenan on the team? Which year was that? Two thousand three. Yes, sir. Two thousand seven. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, seven. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Petrino debacle. Yeah. 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 So the last time they started zero and three, Keenan was on the team. So. It, yeah. Is that a is that a low key uh, swipe at Keenan? And I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, never. I'm feeling old too with that stat, but uh... <laughs> I guess I, I guess I guess we're supposed to give false hope because that's what the fans want. So here's nah, I don't I'm know that they want that. that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm done doing that. Yeah. Last week was the last week. No, no I'm done. No, because I get I get you know I get blamed for not having faith or whatever. So to be fair. That 017, they went 0 3 and they won their fourth game of the year. Yeah. Well, what, were they playing Aaron Rodgers on Monday night? No, they were playing the Texans. Oh, okay. Well, we can't depend on that, unfortunately. <laughs> it was the quarterback. We can't depend on Bill O'Brien. Matt Schaub? Yeah. Was it Matt Schaub? Was it Schaub? It probably oh, no. was. If it, no, I, I think Schaub was later. Schaub was the quarterback. Really? Wow. <laughs> That's yep, Shabby was quiet. I forget who yep, was the quarterback was. for us. I think it was either Harrington or Leftwich for us. <laughs> it was. It oh, that's was right. Not. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, that was back Shab- when Shane, That's back when Shab was the goat. Yeah, Shab was killed with Andre Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Shab was killing it a couple of years, man. Kyle Shanahan made literally Matt Shab into like one of the best quarterbacks. Yeah, he, he led the league in uh, passing yards one year. Yeah, he did. Kyle Shanahan. Oh, 
Yeah. You guys want to hear, uh, hear Joey Harris's numbers from that, that particular game? Sure. No. 23 yeah. 29, 223, and two touchdowns. Hey, Ooh, not bad. Hey, that was the best game you ever played, right? <laughs> Might have been, honestly. <laughs> Poor guy. Sorry, sorry, Joey. Joey Harrington was just tuning into the show. He didn't even Keenan know. Ford. He had no idea oh, that Keenan's, slander was coming out of nowhere. Keenan's over there like, that's my quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Leave sorry. Him alone, guys. Just Leave out him of alone. nowhere with oh, Joey Harrington man. slander, man. Yeah, they're doing this to me on air. They yeah. can't mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. just rough. That's not, that's not fair. Oh, we can't drop man, that's that funny. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. I'm re- well, if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> also with us tonight, Eric Robinson at underscore underscore Robinson. Eric, anything you want to close out on here? You gotta let you gotta you gotta let the emotions go, fans. I yeah. mean, I, I get it. If you're mostly tied to a team, I completely understand. But for your mental health, let it go, man. Trust me, you'll you'll thank me at the end of week seventeen. Yeah, then you can be excited for you know mock drafts and all that stuff and you can kind of detach but yeah i mean you have to you have to be careful with your investment in a season like this like just don't don't get too upset about it you know try try to take it in context take it in stride uh because it's not worth you know really being that upset about this team it's just not for your own mental health like we're already dealing with enough stuff in 2020 okay we don't need people going you know crazy for the falcons so and it's it's okay to feel sad about a loss but i i've seen seen too many times where on on social media man where these fans they get a loss and they freak out on someone they tear their own home up and stuff like that <laughs> yeah the, the tv drop kick you're sad about a loss but there's a line yeah there's, there is there's an invisible line there's a reasonable line that we need yeah, to no draw problem. Yeah. Man, just take your Zola off and ride it out, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, this tonight, uh, not Ikich at Say Which Way. Uh, not anything that you want to close out with? Um, No, everything's been said already. Just, just don't don't take it too seriously at this point. You know, yeah. is this. Are, are you really going to. Are, are you really not used to it at this point? Right. Yeah. There's been a lot of people asking about uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and this will only accelerate as the Falcons continue to get closer to the first overall pick, which they had going into this week, by the way. Uh, so the answer is no, not because those guys aren't good, but because there's literally no way they can trade Matt Ryan without incurring massive financial penalties because of the guaranteed money. So there's not a feasible way to make this happen. Is it possible that they draft those guys as like a Jordan Love situation? Yes, but... Trust me, you don't want that because you want this team to actually take that pick. If they do have the number one pick or something absurd like that, you want them to trade that for like three picks, load up on talent, and actually, you know, hopefully with a new staff and everything, get in here and give give Matt Ryan a chance to win another Super Bowl because he's not the damn problem. Like, I don't know how else to say this to you. Like, sure, he didn't have a great game, but like if you came away from this game saying like, Oh, Matt Ryan, he missed Zacchaeus when he was open. That's the reason they lost. No, no, that's that's like not even in the top 20 reasons they lost this game, okay? Like, I could I could go after so many other players before this, so many coaches, uh, and like, it, that's the problem. Like, if, if Matt Ryan doesn't play perfectly, we lose, okay? And that's not fair to Matt Ryan because nobody plays perfect. You look at Patrick Mahomes, he wasn't perfect last week. They just won that game because the Kansas City Chiefs are a great football team. But, like, you can't expect your quarterback to be superhuman and make every single throw every single week. It doesn't happen. It's not realistic. So 
go into a Trevor Fields or Justin Lawrence, those guys are probably going to be great NFL quarterbacks, but they're not going to be better than Matt Ryan. I'll tell you that right now. Not in their rookie season. Maybe not ever. Like, I don't think people understand the kind of quarterback we have in Matt Ryan. He is great. He's a borderline Hall of Famer right now. He's still got time to get a Super Bowl. Let's not try to blow everything up and restart the whole offense for a chance at a young quarterback when you got the best quarterback the franchise has ever had in the building and a chance with a pick that high to trade that for a, a bounty and actually in, like reinforce this team with a tremendous amount of talent, which could be the difference in getting a Super Bowl here. So that's my spiel on that. Uh, no Matt Ryan slander allowed. Thank you. And uh, I'm Kevin Knight, Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. Thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said before, if you don't mind uh, throwing a like at the video, that helps other people on YouTube find the show. We appreciate that. And if you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button too, uh, and you'll get notifications. Like I said, Wednesdays at 8:10 p.m. Eastern. That is when our uh, weekly show goes live. We continue those in the off season as well. So we hope to see some of you guys there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a little more casual. Uh, we take some more questions because I apologize. There's just a lot of takes to get to, and not a lot of time, and a lot of questions. Uh, so I, I'm sure we didn't get to everyone's questions tonight. I'm sure you guys have more. Come in on Wednesday, and we'll get to as many as we can, guys. All right. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for tuning in. And stay positive out there, even if it's not the, about the Falcons. Enjoy your football Sunday. Enjoy the great games we're going to get this week. We've got a really great Kansas City Chiefs-Baltimore Ravens game on tap, which I think we're all going to really enjoy. So cleanse your palate with some actual good football this weekend. Um, so for everyone here, guys, for Keenan, for Evan, for Eric, and Adnan and myself, we appreciate you, uh, Falcons fans. Uh, we're with you. You know, we're going to struggle for this season together, but it's going to be all right, I promise. All right, we're, we're, we'll get through it. <laughs> Have a great week.